Hey everyone, welcome back to Navigating Netflix Originals. As always, I'm Madison, and as always, I'm joined by Jamie. Hello. I'm sticking with the the sing-song tone for your name, if you haven't noticed. (laughs) I have. (laughs) (laughs) And you appreciated it. I do. I do. (laughs) Excellent. Um, So today on NNO, we will be discussing the Netflix original miniseries, The Mind Explained. Now, I'm calling it a miniseries. I'm not actually sure that Netflix (laughs) calls it that. But it's five episodes that are like 19 to 20 minutes long each. Like, that's that's a miniseries. It's mini. (laughs) It's very small. Even for a short series, it's short. But um, it basically goes through five different kind of topics about the mind. We cover um, memory, dreams, anxiety, mindfulness, and psychedelics. And it spends one episode each kind of discussing how our brain functions around around these topics <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> which i found fascinating because i think our brains are super cool <laughs> our brains are the craziest thing they really are <laughs> um so yes i not agree even, <laughs> yeah not even just like our brains but like most brains, cr- brains are in really general no, it's true. Yeah, it's kind of crazy to think. And uh, I mean, this just kind of reminds me of, I, I know you're aware of this, but just so everyone knows, um, there, I've had like this idea for us to get a tattoo that's basically part of it is going to say how strange it is to be anything at all. And it's mm-hmm. like every anytime like people talk about the complexity of the mind, I'm like, ta-da, yeah. because it's so <laughs> crazy. Yeah. <laughs> It is. It's it's truly, and like they don't even mention this. I don't believe mm-hmm. on on in this show. But like the amount of our brains that we use and understand. Like I mean, we probably use a lot. We the amount of our brains we understand is like ten to fifteen percent. It's like yeah. such a small amount that we understand from like a scientific standpoint as to why it's doing what it's doing. Well, yeah, <laughs> like, I... we know that it doesn't. Don't know why it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what, part of what was like so crazy to me. Like, I know that we can do like EKGs and a number of different things to see like where activity is happening in the brain, but right. even being able to track that and like watch the brain like light up and it's so crazy right? to me. You and know, even even as they're like watching the brain light, I like especially when when that one. Um, was was he like a buddhist monk i believe mm-hmm. who they put into the mri machine and they had him like meditate yeah. on compassion maybe was the the topic they wanted him to to meditate on and they could look at the the brain scan and tell that that was like the center that was lighting up in his brain but they don't know why like how meditating like just thinking about it would cause you to actually feel that emotion kind of thing yeah and it's just like fascinating <laughs> well yeah it truly is and well and of course there were a number of things that were kind of like crazy about his mind like the fact that yeah. his brain was like <laughs> 10 years younger than him basically yeah. um and then of course you know he's a monk so his uh, uh his ability to meditate is beyond any of us yes i mean i'm i'm working on it i'm i'm yeah. trying to do like meditation and i do yoga every day but yeah, <laughs> yeah he's <laughs> way beyond what I could do. <laughs> yeah. No, I thought I thought about you because one of the one of the episodes is dedicated complete completely to mindfulness, and that's mindfulness. that episode. And, like, 
yeah like specifically mindfulness meditation too yeah, yeah so it's like oh yeah that's now <laughs> did you is meditation you try did you try meditation at all like earlier in life like when you were younger yeah i i remember as a teenager uh -huh. around the same time when i was trying to burn the house down with <laughs> <dried> herbs <laughs> jamie and i were talking about that earlier before the podcast yeah i also was try i tried to get into meditation like yeah. i think i could tell that there would be benefits to it if yeah. I could stick with it, but I was never really able to stick with it and yeah. actually experience any of the benefits <laughs> from it. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's something that I've been drawn to kind of like throughout my life. I've come back to like the idea of, oh, if I just meditated, I'd probably feel better. But yeah. like, like this past year, a year and a half, um, at the beginning of 2020, I started doing yoga every day. And more recently, within like the past six months, I've been trying to incorporate meditation frequently in the evenings mm -hmm. as well, where I just shut off the computer and the lights and light a candle and just like sit with myself in a dark room. Um, yeah. So that that's been growing more. And I think that probably it is more of like a mindfulness meditation from mm -hmm. the way they described it. Um, yeah. I don't try to push all thoughts away. I kind of just sit with myself yeah. <laughs> and, and welcome any thoughts that come, but I don't try to hold on to, to any of them. Yeah. But sometimes that's hard. Sometimes you catch yourself like fixating on, on one thing. Maybe that's bothering you or whatever. Yeah. You get the, what do they call it? The monkey mind? Yeah. <laughs> I think that's what they called it. <laughs> but like they said, it's good when you can snap yourself out of that. And yeah. you're like, you become aware that you're you're fixating on this one thing. Mm -hmm. um, so, and I, that does happen to me a lot. So yeah. What about yeah. you? Did you ever do meditating? I did. Also, yeah, when I was a teenager as well, like probably mid-teens. Oh, when I was like early teens, I was very into <laughs> Wicca. And then slowly that kind of like spread out to like an interest in like psychic type things and then an interest in meditation. And so I remember like when I was younger doing what you described, like sitting in a dark room with a candle and like think, you know, trying to clear my mind. But right. then I was actively trying to clear it because that's like what we were told you had to do back right. then. Um, and uh, I also like never stuck with it. I mean, even now, like I've I've often said that the most meditative I've felt in like my adult life is sometimes when I'm running, like I'll yeah. reach a point where like my mind is clear enough that like, um, you know, I'm just kind of taking things as they come and, and letting them go and focusing on yeah. breath too, which I think is probably helps. Um, but yeah, I would like to get back into meditating as I would like to get back into yoga. Um, I need to just <laughs> bite the bullet. Um, but but yeah, I mean, it's something that's very appealing, definitely. Yeah, I, and I think that, and I and I can speak from experience, mm -hmm. is that like yoga, meditation, they're only going to work and be effective if you want them to be. So yeah. like, if you don't feel like you're ready to start doing yoga or to start meditating, like most of the time, then people aren't going to be successful with it because you have to like want it enough yeah. to do it for a long period of time without seeing a lot of results <laughs> yeah yeah and that's it's like the best way that i can put it <laughs> yeah you have to go for like a long period of time without really seeing any like amazing results before yeah. like start understanding like what people are talking about yeah you have to like just keep 
get 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 through that yeah <laughs> to get to the other side kind of thing definitely and it's kind of interesting like you know since you've mentioned the idea of like you need to basically be mindful of your intent with these things and and yes. go into it with a certain intention and i thought that was interesting that they I mean, it seemed pretty obvious to me, but like in the episode on psychedelics, they were talking yeah. about how they use them to treat, you know, like psychedelics for a little bit. I don't know if it still is, but it was used to treat um, addictions, you know, um, yeah. but they were like, you know, people started doing it just assuming it would automatically cut out an addiction. But it's like you have to want to quit smoking or drinking right. and then you could like bring in that intention into your psychedelic experience and be affected by it. But if you're just kind of like, I'm going to do shrooms. <laughs> just want to get high. <laughs> it's not really going to do much. Right. Like you might have a, a great trip, but it's not going to, you know, make you quit smoking or something. <laughs> yeah. So that... Which, that, that's just crazy too, yeah. that we have these, these psychedelic, you know, compounds in nature, like specifically in like mushrooms and in peyote cactus and in ayahuasca that can literally alter your brain based on how you want it to alter your brain when you <laughs> take it. Like, what are brains even? <laughs> They're the craziest thing. And I think that's, uh, you know, something that we yeah all just have to accept is that no one knows what the brain is doing like it's it's the it's like this mess of neurons but like why how who knows i i read this really interesting and i guess i you would call it a theory okay. um about like the universe um and and so if, if you buy into the idea that like the soul exists mm -hmm. like this theory stated or, or basically proposed that the brains are constructed in a way that allow the soul to exist within a physical form and that's why we can't really understand them because they're there to house something that we can't even say for sure exists <laughs> which makes sense <laughs> yeah that is interesting and it's true that like the rest of the body and in organs and everything else like it, th their function is straightforward yeah <laughs> But, but the mind is like but we know the brain controls them somehow <laughs> yeah it's so know. interesting yeah and it's interesting too to talk about like the you know when the brain is like the brain can be damaged in some ways that you know allow you to keep doing everything perfectly fine but like i i just think so think of the our first episode with like the guy who whose surgeon removed like a chunk of his brain because they're trying to treat epilepsy. And so he was like fine physically and stuff, but then could not remember any, like all his short-term memory was just destroyed. Right. You know, and it's, it's kind of, yeah, I found that to be really crazy. Like, can you imagine being in a position where like a moment after you finish something, you like don't know you've even done it? And like, you also don't know that you're not remembering things because you forget that you're forgetting everything as well. Yeah. So you're just almost like living like in a limbo of just doing things that are like your mundane daily tasks that you remember you need to do from before the operation, but there's no like purpose to it. Seems kind of, that, that part seemed a little bit horrifying, honestly. Yeah. 
Well, the, the, that episode, like that, that's discussed in the memory episode and memory, like the way yeah. that they talked about it and the way that like each individual element of a memory is kind of separate and they can and flow around from like past to future and that like about 50% of the details in a memory will change over the course of a year. So mm-hmm. you're never really remembering something exactly the way it happened, even though it seems to you like you are, yeah. but you're, you're not yeah. <laughs> just like, and then their, their theories on like why, memory exists the way it does like so that we can like use the pieces from the past to like predict future events so that we can like avoid bad things happening so it's like almost essential that it works that way in in like from like an evolutionary standpoint so memory is insane it is and yeah there are a couple different things in that that were just like insanity like you know something that i think comes up a lot was was the case where the woman was essentially convinced that um, the guy who had assaulted her was a different guy. And so then his face became the guy she saw in her memory. Um, But then through DNA evidence and other thing, you know, eventually it was found out that in fact it was not him. And, you know, the fact that they said that like many cases like that happen every year, just because memory is like so difficult to count on essentially yeah yeah they said that like over i don't know how many years they said but like hundreds of cases like rape convictions have been overturned due to new dna evidence and like 70 percent of those cases contain eyewitness memory so that just shows that even shortly after an incident you like you can't trust your own memory which is horrifying yeah it's super frightening (laughs) well that and like you know they also were talking about basically how they were which this is very questionable to me in terms of like i mean this is the kind of stuff where i understand uh why when i'm trying to do research on benign things i have to go through all of these hoops to like ensure that i'm not causing harm mental or otherwise to any of the participants because you know the the studies where they were like implanting memories and like convincing people they had had like tea with prince charles or like all this stuff i'm like that is not we should we really be studying this because (laughs) (laughs) the answer is no these case studies something that we should have been studying (laughs) well and that's like i've heard people talk about you know bring that up in in reference to sort of quote repressed memories like through therapy like some people you know really question the validity validity of that or whether or not like through the poking and prodding and like trying to convince someone that something bad happened to them that you you begin to believe that that's true and then there's no way of actually Mm -hmm. verifying that because if you if you're the only person who would know and you've convinced yourself there is no going back you know right no yeah and like a lot of the times if you're in therapy and you're seeking like therapy for repressed memories like you probably already have reason to assume something Mm -hmm. bad like has happened in your past because otherwise you're not going to be doing this so like you're coming into it like looking for something bad to have happened and then if you've got a therapist that's like guiding you down that path you know i can see how that how you could come to believe something that wasn't true and have like what seems to be a real memory of it but as we learned memory and imagination are just basically the same thing in our brains so yeah 
could you know? Maybe we don't even know each other, Jamie. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> who are who are you? Who am I? Um, but where? <laughs> I did like the thing about memory that, um, and I think maybe, no, it was just the memory part, uh, how like every, like so many parts of our brain are active during it, like memory creation. So like yeah. you have like memories of, that's why we can sometimes get hit with like memories of smell or like you'll right. see something, it'll remind you, you know, like sight, smell, feeling, like all of these different things play a part into creating memories. Right. And it's just... And- it's and like, a lot of times, like the things that are the like create the strongest and like most lasting memories are like things tied with um, emotions or narratives, mm-hmm. um, which is interesting as well. Yeah. Speaking of narratives, I, I yeah, I thought that was interesting when they talked about the woman who did memory tasks, like she was at memory competitions or whatever. And she I would... don't understand <laughs> what she did, even as she was explaining. I was like, how is this easier than just memorizing a list of numbers? <laughs> but yeah, like 550 or whatever it was. I I thought it was so interesting because, yeah, she essentially like, related each of the sets of numbers of three into like small stories sometimes with things that sounded similar or looked similar but then i the the thing that i thought was the coolest was that because we have such a a firm memory tied to place she imagined a neighborhood and then like plotted off the different sets on those lines so that when she's going back to recount them to herself she can just start on like fifth street and then she walks and she's like this is all i see which is fucking crazy yeah (laughs) i mean i it makes me feel like i just must have a really shitty i know there's no way i could come close to doing that with like 10 numbers let alone five thousand or however many numbers she did it with (laughs) no i no 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 (laughs) crazy and just like the amount of like she, I, they said, I think they said they gave her like five or ten minutes to memorize this list of numbers. Yeah. And so she came up with this whole narrative in that amount of time and memorized it. Yeah. That's <laughs> just crazy. But I mean, you know, that's her deal. That's what she does. So I guess it would make sense that she'd be able to do that quickly. But like, well, good yeah, lord, still impressive. Yeah. Oh, super impressive. Yeah, I would not I think- be able to remember that at all. No, <laughs> I think the other thing that I thought was interesting, and I think we actually talk about this in the dreams episode, mm-hmm. is that when you're dreaming, the areas of your brain that in the chemicals used to build memories are very low, which is why we frequently don't remember our dreams. Or if we do remember them for like three or five minutes, when we wake up, yeah. they quickly fade because our brains are not actually primed to remember the the things that we're dreaming about because they're not like real events. Right. <laughs> So that was interesting. Yeah. The dream episode was pretty cool too. It was, yeah. I liked that they they had someone who was a lucid dreamer on there. Um, yeah. And, you know, and how I like to I like to her method of recording her dreams in like little sketches or like little comic yeah. things. I thought that was a cool idea. But and also, yeah, the thing that she said about that and like the key for her to lucid dreaming is like questioning reality. And she's like, yeah. you know, when you're walking around and something feels a little dreamlike, you should be like, is this a dream? Am I dreaming? And then like slowly but surely you'll be able to do that in dreams um, right. to be able to control them, which is so cool. Uh, have you ever had an experience of lucid dreaming? 
not a profound one. Yeah. <laughs> like there have been dreams where I've become aware that I was dreaming, but I wasn't able to like do anything in them. But like I knew I was asleep. Yeah. But but I couldn't actually like like change what was happening around me. And usually it's because like something weird happens. Like I like fall into water and I breathe, but I'm fine because I'm actually breathing air. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, well, I must be dreaming because I can breathe water kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. <laughs> what Got about it. you? Uh, I do remember a couple times of like having the distinct feeling of realizing I was dreaming and then like intentionally altering the course of the dream. Um, cool. Yeah. Like one of the times I think I'd actually mentioned on the podcast last or whenever we talked about the superhero um, Thunder Force thing, uh, yeah. dreaming about flying, because I remember um, I was having like a sort of benign dream about living back in the trailer park I grew up in. I, I got yeah. I mean, this was also when I was like 13 or something. But yeah, um, well, that's when all the best things happened with our brains. Apparently. Yeah, it's, it's true. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I remember like just like hanging out with people in the dream. And then I was like, wait, if this is a dream, I should be able to fly. And then was able to like do it, you know? And then I remember one time too, I was like in a dream and I think I was either running after someone or something, but I remember like running and then being like, why am I chasing this thing? And then I look and there was another doorway to the left and I was like, I'm just going to go this way. And then went through it. Um, I don't remember what was in it, but um, I think it's, yeah, that would be a, a skill that I would like to be able to do. Because I think it would be yeah. so interesting. Um, See, I I have had experiences, and they're not they're not really lucid dreams. It's more like um, it usually happens in the morning, like after I, I wake mm. up, and then like I go back to sleep, and then then I wake up again, and I'm trying. I'm, I'm, it's more like it's more like a sleep paralysis almost, like mm. where I can't. I can't wake up like yeah. I know that I'm asleep but I can't wake up and then it kind of just like starts to freak me out <laughs> yeah yeah sleep paralysis is another thing that's I mean that's something they mentioned too is that like when we go into a dream state the for most people um the part of our brain that um sends signals to our body except for our eyes apparently um to yeah. like move around is uh essentially paralyzed so that's right. why you get that feeling and um I learned that uh, the, so it's kind of tied because some people equated like nightmares to that um, because it is nightmarish if you like, you know, are, are starting in a dream state and then so you're maybe seeing some things, but then you can't move to like do anything about it. Um, and apparently the mar part of, uh, or mare part of nightmare um, comes from a word that like essentially means some sort of like incubus or devil-like creature. And so literally it's like a visit from this like demon creature in the night. Um, And so it was that idea of like something came and like prevented you from moving and and frightened you. Um, Which is funny because it's like in a lot of languages, you know, that thing. But I I used to have sleep paralysis when I was younger, pretty bad to the point Mm -hmm. where like I wouldn't be able to wake up without screaming. And like, that would be how I would wake myself up. It was a joy for my parents when I was younger. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. sounds like They, they thought I had really bad nightmares because I'd always wake up screaming, but like in truth I was, 
screaming to wake up. I wasn't waking up screaming. Um, uh, uh, yeah. I, I didn't know how to explain that to them. So I just was like, yeah, bad dreams. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> but yeah. now it, it doesn't happen to me much anymore unless I fall asleep, like wake up at like seven and then I'm like, oh, I don't feel like getting out of bed yet. <laughs> and like rolling over and going back to sleep and waking up like an hour later and then like, or like trying to wake up an hour later kind of thing. Like that's yeah. when it can get happen. <laughs> that's when it can happen. Yeah. So I try to not do that to myself anymore that's... because I don't really enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I don't think I've had many experiences with sleep paralysis i mean i feel like maybe very few times i've like had that same kind of thing like i went back to sleep and then i could feel like the heaviness of my body and i would have to like put a lot of effort into like make that first movement and then once you do it's like you know it breaks the spell or whatever and you're like oh i'm free (laughs) Yeah. yeah sometimes my my brain will get caught in these loops in the mornings and like i know it like peripherally i know it's happening because it's happened before so i know like that i don't get too freaked out i don't need to scream anymore i just need to wake up but i'll wake up in the dream repeatedly Mm. like i'll i'll think that i'm awake and then i'll get up and walk out into the other room and i'll realize that i'm still asleep (laughs) (laughs) i have to like wake up again and this can go on for a while before i actually wake up (laughs) that's so crazy yeah, it's fun. Let me tell you. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I think the other thing Speaking that I... Speaking of anxiety. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, one last thing about dreams before we head into anxiety. Um, have you had dreams where... You're talking here about like a cycle, but have you had dreams where like you've been dreaming of something, but then something wakes you up, whether it's like the need to pee or like something, and then you go back and lie down or and are able to... F- or, or an alarm wakes you up. But then you go back to sleep and you fall back into the same dream. A, a couple of times. Yeah. I don't really remember what any of them were about, but I do same. like really know that that's happened before. Yeah. Yeah. Which is just another crazy thing. Cause it's like, how? Yeah. Well, <laughs> and like, just speaking of how relevant our dreams can be, I've had dreams within the past year about like realizing that I'm out in public and that I'm not wearing a mask. Yeah. <laughs> so that's like apparently the new showing up at school in your underwear dream. The new ang- yeah, the new ang- grocery store without a mask. <laughs> yeah, the new anxiety dream. Yes, for real. Yeah. Um, but yeah, one more thing on dreams because it is, <laughs> they don't actually talk about this in oh. the episode. But one of my like theories about dreams has yeah. always been that like it's the time when our brain tries to like solve problems that we've been working on during the day Mm. and my i I believe this because my dad has told me that it's helped him in the past to like go to sleep and like he'll know how to do whatever he was trying to do in the morning and it happened recently when they were building their porch he couldn't figure out how he was going to lift up these like four beams all they all kind of had to go in the ground at the same time and they weighed like I don't know, lots of <laughs> <laughs> thick giant wooden beams that are like 12 feet tall. Um, and so he went, he dreamt like how to build this apparatus that would allow him to hoist it yeah. all up at the same time. And it worked. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I feel like that's something that you hear about like Da Vinci as well. You know, his, yeah. some of his inventions were created through dream or like, you know, we had an example of, was it Picasso? Who? Someone. Dolly? Maybe. I don't remember. <laughs> Salvador Dolly? I can't remember. Someone uh, talked about how, like, their painting ideas had come to them in dreams, you know? Oh, um, yeah. I can see that. 
Yeah. Really weird. I guess one last. Th- clearly, the dream one was the most interesting. <laughs> to us. One more thing. <laughs> one additional thing. Um, I think it was in this one, or maybe it was actually in the. I can't remember. Um, but I, I liked the idea, or maybe it was a memory. But I liked the idea the, that they were talking about how, like, REM sleep is essential to us for like, essential as part of, like, our cycle in order to break down memories. Um, right. so that we not only, I guess, can free up space, but also so that, you know, you, I don't know what, I forget what they said the intention was, but I guess so you don't get too hung up on these useless, basically like, like useless facts and bits of knowledge. It's like, it's like your brain is defragmenting. Exactly. Yeah. So if you were born before 1990, you probably know what that means. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes I'm these... defragment your computer. <laughs> no. Sometimes even now I'm like, God, where's the defrag? Because I need right. to get this done. Um... How do I make this go faster? <laughs> I think with that all the time about my work computer. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so it's just really interesting that whole process as well. Uh, yes. But yeah, so anxiety. Yes. Oh, one more thing about dreams. <laughs> last note about it is that there are different types of birds that literally dream oh. how to create their own individual mating songs, yeah. and I just thought that was so cute. Yeah, I thought it was cute that they were like they copy their father's mating song and then yeah. tweak it on their own. <laughs> yeah, and they dream they dream it like the same areas in their brain are lighting up when they're sleeping as they are during the day when they're practicing their song, which is so cute. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and then also that oh, that was memory. <laughs> But that the and dreams that the rats like you know the test rats would like their certain signals would light up in their brain as they were like solving the maze and then when they were sleeping it would be doing the same thing right they'd be practicing the maze in their mind yeah which supports the whole idea that like your brain tries to solve problems yeah definitely i mean i know i know that i always feel like you know i can tackle more things after i've slept so well Solving problems and defragging, I think, are essential. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Anxiety. (laughs) Anxiety is the last one that we haven't talked about yet. It is the most common mental illness, according to this documentary. It just makes sense. You said like over 30% of people have it to some extent. Yeah. I I thought that it was interesting, though, that in terms of like official numbers and stuff, despite the fact that it seems so much like so prevalent currently um, because perhaps we're talking about it more, the actual like numbers have not increased. Like it's been stable through the whole thing, which is just kind of fascinating to me. Which is interesting because it makes me think that like a lot of people have anxiety, but in reality, like everybody has some level of anxiety. Like it's something that from an evolutionary standpoint, we have anxiety about things that could kill us. And and we should have anxiety yeah. about like necessary things like that. And I think sometimes people assume that because they're feeling anxious about anything, it means that there's something wrong with them. Yeah. But it's like we're we all get anxious about things. Um and I, I loved the way they talk about like normally things that would make you anxious are things that you're either going to have to fight <laughs> yeah. or run from like and those are like what your body is preparing you to do in that moment of anxiety but we've created so many artificial things for us to be like that we can't run away from or fight so that that's what's leading to like this pent-up anxiety problem in our culture which makes 
<laughs> yeah, it does. And it, yeah, it's true. As you were saying, like, we all have those moments of anxiety, but I guess, like, you know, for some, it just becomes deb- debilitating. Right. And I guess that's when it's it's really an issue. Because I, yeah, like, as you say, I felt moments of, like, anxiety before certain things. But then, I don't know, for me, I've never been someone like terribly affected with anxiety so like even if I don't even if I'm feeling anxious about like you know just for instance I've definitely felt (laughs) anxiety towards like going to a dance event or something um, with new people that I don't know so then I'm like okay well this is gonna be really awkward and like I don't know anyone and blah 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 Um, but then once you like for me I just have to like take a couple deep breaths and I'm like, it's going to be fine. And then I go and then it is fine, you know? Right. Um, And I think that a lot of people find themselves in situations where like they can't take those couple deep breaths and just, you know, walk into the room um, and and dance. (laughs) (laughs) And dance. And dance. (laughs) Or their problems aren't problems that can be solved by dancing too. (laughs) Well, that that too. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) There are problems like that. I've heard. I've heard. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't think, I don't feel like my anxiety is in any way debilitating. You know, I I get anxious sometimes. I even like this past year, though, I feel like I haven't been nearly as anxious as a lot of people. And I think that's because I was fortunate enough to be able to work from home, you know, for the entire year. Um, And being out in public wasn't something that I had to do very frequently. But, um, I, I also think that the yoga and meditation were very beneficial to yeah. the anxiety from this past year. No, that was a good, yeah, a good time to get back into, <laughs> to hit, yes. hit the mat and uh, get Definitely. serious about all that. I'm very glad that I started like with the full intention of doing it for at least six months every day before the pandemic started, yes. because I don't know that I would have had the motivation to start it after that point. Yeah. But I was like, already committed to it by that point. I was, you know, two and a half months in. I was like, well, I'm just going to keep going with this. I can't go anywhere anyways. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I do think that, you know, once, because, you know, as we get closer to like July, I think I did something, saw something about like New York opening up in July or something. Um, But as we get closer to normality, whatever that will look like, um, I do think we're going to see a lot of people with like more social anxiety than we've had (laughs) in the past, just because everyone's so used now to communicating via screen. Yeah, that's Um, very yeah. And even just like the anxiety of being out in public and around people. Yeah. I think that's going to take a long time. Like even for me to some extent, like I, I was out last weekend with a friend of our, with a friend of mine, well, a friend of ours, but you weren't there. <laughs> and, um, even just like walking past a large group of people, I could feel myself tense up, you yeah. know, like as we were passing them and I'm like, like holding my breath, <laughs> like yeah. trying not to breathe while I'm like walking by people, you know? Yeah. Um, and I'm like, okay, calm down. Like it's, you're fine. Vaccinated. <laughs> it's okay. Right. Yeah. Face mask on. Um, but yeah, I can see that like being yeah. something that will keep people home just because they don't feel comfortable being out in public. Yeah. I feel like I'm becoming quickly desensitized to that feeling because you know it's true that you know recently I started commuting every day and the first couple days I was like very tense about that and I was like if someone so much does like you know cough to clear their throat I'm like (laughs) 
what was that? Um, right. <laughs> but now, because I have no choice other than to take the subway, which is consistently full of people, I'm kind of like, you know, reaching a point sooner than probably most where I'm like, oh, okay, well, I can't do anything about this. And I'm around all these people. So like, I just have to accept it. And as you say, like, I am vaccinated. So like, if I do catch something, it should in theory be mild. So hopefully right. I'm fine. Um, so yeah, it's, yeah. but yeah, I think for people, especially who um, live in more rural areas and then will be forced to interact again with large crowds, it's going to be, it's going to be tough. Yeah. I'm one of those people who lives in more rural areas that he's talking about. <laughs> yeah. For all of those listening, I live in one of the largest cities in the U.S. Yeah. I think you've dropped enough hints that <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Subway. Live- not many subways in, this, in the U.S. <laughs> um, I live in the same state, but really far away in the rural cow country. Indeed. <clears throat> Which is where you grew up. <laughs> it is, yes. But, uh, yeah. yeah, anxiety. Anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I think, that's yeah, that, I think that was all the, all the different topics from this, this show. This yeah, day. so interesting. Definitely something I would recommend. Um, we also, you know, did an episode on Sex Explained, which is another sort of one-off um, mini-series. I think um, it was probably created by the same people. The yeah. like way it was designed was the same. Yep. It Although was. it's it's technically a separate series. It's not like a separate. Like it's not two different seasons. Right. They yeah. should have just had a show called Explained, and then they, they could do. have had. <laughs> <laughs> they do, and it has yeah. Each episode treats a different thing because like after I finished this, it automatically queued up that for me, and I was like the topic was diamonds and i was like what the hell diamonds this isn't anything to do with the mind and i was like oh this is the actual series and then these are just like longer instead of doing one episode they're you know several episodes exploring a topic um oh. yeah which is which is interesting oh i see yeah look at that oh there's lots of them so we could oh, explore more like yeah. yeah if you're listening <laughs> uh, if, if you made it this for our listeners and you would like us to talk about another one Feel free to let us know. There's um, a lot. There's 30 episodes. Holy shit. Damn. This two seasons. You can even watch a couple and talk about them. Ooh, the female orgasm explained, guys. Ooh. See, <laughs> you, everyone watch that one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we can pick out a few that like look really good. Yeah. Astrology. Weed. Oh, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Oh, but, my gosh. One just talks about exclamation points. Ooh. <laughs> fun and in oh what like generation what generation are we why uh, x i forget millennials overuse of exclamation points because i'm definitely guilty of that uh, <laughs> um i think that something yeah do we overuse exclamation points <laughs> link and copy editors look at how the punctuation has adapted across history <laughs> literature and internet speak <clears throat> okay so yes um there you go i thought there you we- go they yeah. One thing I wanted what? to say about this episode before we oh, go sorry. on. No, you're good. <laughs> is um, it was narrated by Emma Stone, the actress. I didn't realize, like, when I... So I watched this twice because I took no notes the first time and then went back through and watched it. Because uh, I was doing dishes while I watched it the first time. Um, and um, when I started it, like, more focused, I was like, Emma Stone. And then I was listening. I was like, oh, my God, that is Emma Stone. <laughs> <laughs> what? hadn't realized it through five episodes 
Um, but yes, yeah, it is very true. Do you have any quotes that you wrote down? I did write down a few nice. little quotes. I have, um, I have I wrote but one. Uh, you say yours first because I don't want to steal it because I have <laughs> Okay. Uh, the quote I have is from the dream episode. It was from like the older guy who was a neuro something, neurologist maybe, I can't remember. Um, and he said, if I go to a party and tell someone I studied dreams, almost without exception, the next eight words out of their mouth are, oh, I had the most amazing dream. <laughs> and then they tell me this really stupid, uninteresting dream. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I thought that was so funny when he said that. <laughs> like, yeah, I can imagine that's probably true. Yeah. Um, I wrote down one from the memory episode that said, the future and the past seem to be somehow linked in the mind. Hmm. Oh, my God. Oh. Um, I wrote down one from the anxiety one, which I didn't actually say, but I basically said the essence of it. We survive because of the right amount of anxiety. It's necessary for evolution. Mm-hmm. And then I wrote down one from the mindfulness episode. It was a old Hindu translation of like what um, like meditation or mindfulness meant. And it said to keep your attention inside, mm. um, which made sense. <clears throat> yeah. Was that the term that, and, that Buddha had come up with for like his own type of meditation? Or was that because he made up like a term, I, right? I can't remember. Yeah. I can't remember exactly what it was from either because I, <laughs> I just wrote down the translation as where I got that quote from. Yeah. But um. I don't actually remember what it was from beyond that. <laughs> <Fair>. <laughs> My memory is not that great, guys. We, we learned about that <laughs> in as well. Definitely. And then the last one I wrote down was from the psychedelics episode, which said, uh, uh, somebody who had taken psychedelics said, I've been different ever since in a good way. Yeah. So. There you yeah. go. Psychedelics would be, would you try psychedelics ever, do you think? I don't think. I don't know. I, I want to say probably not, but maybe I don't know. Would you? I've never I've never done it, but the thought interests me, and I yeah. can see myself doing it in the right situation, which would almost exclusively be sitting on my parents' porch. Yeah, well then I could maybe see myself doing it as well. <laughs> the magical porch. It was dreamt. It came to my dad see? in a dream. <laughs> it's meant to Magical. be. <laughs> but, um, I don't know, maybe someday. Yeah, I think maybe. it would be, a, yeah, I think that it's one of those things that you have to go into it with like a mindset that it is going to be an amazing experience and you have to be in an environment where you're very comfortable yeah. and with who you're very comfortable around. Otherwise, like that's when you're going to risk having like a bad trip, you know, if you're, if the energy and feeling is off from the yeah. experience, it's not going to be enjoyable. Right. That is true. Yeah. But yeah, so that is pretty much the mind explained. Yep, that's that's all you need to know about the mind, guys. <laughs> yep. <laughs> covered um, it all. Exactly. Um, so if you made it this far, thanks for listening. Um, if you want to reach out to us and let us know what you thought about the mind explained and or just interesting facts and tidbits or questions about the mind that we couldn't possibly answer, feel free to reach out to us on Twitter <laughs> at NNO Podcast. <laughs> Or you can send us an email at navigatingnetflixoriginals at gmail.com. And if you would like to hear us talk about the series Explained, send us a couple of the episodes you think would be the most interesting for us to ramble on about for a little bit. There you go. All right. All righty. Thanks. Thank you for listening. Yep. And...
<laughs> goodbye. <laughs> Every time you say goodbye, I think maybe it's a pitch thing, but like it cuts out. <laughs> so it's like, but. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> so wow. then I'm like, I guess I'll just have me saying bye at the end of the episode. <laughs> Oh, so it doesn't record it either. That's no, <laughs> it's it's literally just like the but. But I'm gonna I'm gonna say it again, and you can just splice it in. Okay. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect.